are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On NFL Podcast. It's a Thursday edition with Chris Carter and Ryan Tracy. We're coming at you with a preview of all the AFC playoff matchups today. It's going to be a fun one. But first, a word from our sponsors at Blue Nile. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting, limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, all right, all right. It's the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ryan Tracy. Ryan, the playoffs are finally here. (laughs) Hey, congratulations, NFL fans. You made it through an entire regular season. I was not convinced when this started that we'd actually get here, but hey. It's good to have games to talk about. I'm pumped. I, I'm pumped, too. I was really concerned that this would make it this far or that, you know, the playoffs would be would feel diminished in some way. Um, and, and there's certainly been the threats of, you know, these playoffs getting, you know, having, having to deal with crazy COVID stuff with the Brown situation. We'll get to that later in the show. But we're here. So what Ryan and I are going to do, we both cover AFC teams, uh, Ryan, the Chiefs, myself, the Steelers. We're going to look at the AFC playoff games. Just, uh, you know, just each segment's going to be an in-depth look into each matchup and what we what we think is going to be the big things that determine these games. Uh, we're going to start with the first game of the weekend, and that's Colts at Bills. Uh, this The seven-seed Colts facing the two-seed Bills. Bills, Ryan, red hot going to end the year. I think they won, what, five or six or seven games? No, I think it was five or six games straight of double-digit victories. And yeah. that's... That's that's the way how you go into the playoffs looking convincing. And uh, the Colts, uh, they were able to find their way in because the Dolphins lost. Um, But they've been that weird up and down team this season that sometimes you're like, man, they look really good. And other times you're like, okay, never mind. Yeah, it's still kind of a search, right? And I think, I mean, I think this honestly comes down to what have you done lately? And the thing that I always come to, especially when it's not a team that I'm, you know, covering every week, I, I look at their common opponents. And for me, it's like, when you look at them back to back, there's some, there's some good ones and some bad ones in there. They played Pitt, you know, they played Tennessee, but they also had, you know, games against the Jets and that kind of thing. Thing mm-hmm. is the Bills ended up winning four out of five, whereas the Colts won three out of five. So I'm going to give the, the Bills a little bit of edge there. Um, I mean, let's just take a step back and say, does anybody really want Phillip Rivers in the cold in Buffalo? Because... I don't get it. Right. And that's the thing is that Philip Rivers, he's used to that West Coast weather. In Indy, you got a dome. But when you take him to Buffalo, I mean, when has Phil Rivers thrived in, you know, the frozen tundra or anything? You know, he's he hasn't <laughs> he hasn't had to deal with those elements too often in huge situations where he's come through in big ways. Now he's he's won in snow games before. That's not saying that he can't, but you're talking about him a relatively young team 
You know, you got mm-hmm. players like, you know, Quentin Nelson is still a young dude at, at offensive line. Jonathan Taylor is the rookie that's that, that, that's that's giving them the rest running the ball for them. Darius Leonard still a young dude at, at linebacker. They're still trying to figure out who certain pieces are for this team and how they can work together. And again, this is still Philip Rivers first year ever playing for the Colts. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of things to weigh into that, whereas the Bills they got a lot of young players too, but they've found their rhythm. Josh Allen has grown within this offense. We've seen him take significant strides both as an athlete and as a commander on the field with the way that he's, he's, he's led this offense. Um, and you've seen just the, 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 the inclusion of Stefan Diggs has boosted this offense so much with the threats that it has. I know the Colts can keep up with teams defensively, but, I have to think that the Bills pose more threats to break this game open than the Colts do. And that's, I think, what's the bottom line in this game. I kind of do, too. And it it really depends on the game flow for me. I think that's going to be the determining factors. How many possessions does each team get? Because I I was a big proponent of Allen coming out. I'd rather have arm strength than refined scheme accuracy, right? But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if anybody thought when this season started that we'd be saying Josh Allen top five quarterback well he is in terms of yardage so that's a significant step forward I think the addition of digs gives them a little bit of that kind of ability to strike when they have to I won't say that it's on par with you know the home runs that you see from from Aaron Rodgers uh with the pack or or even with Mahomes but I will say that I think it's better than it used to be and I think that the other side is that Jonathan Taylor had a lot of issues getting going right but now the He's really starting to hit a stride. He yeah. did lead the rookies in rushing. And so it feels to me like if you're Frank Reich, lean on that. Take take it out of Phillips' hands a little bit, except when you have to, and try to keep the ball away from Josh Allen and see if you can limit those possessions. Yeah, I agree. That That's the key. you got to keep him from warming up and getting – and we've seen this the Bills team come out slow on a couple games, but then you see them heat up when they start to figure things out. That's what the Colts have to be able to do is, is start them off slow, and then when he does start to heat up, Josh Allen, of course, speaking about there, um, you got to be ready, and you got to have scored enough points when you've kept him cold that you you can absorb – what he's what they're doing offensively and be able to sort of respond to it better so that when they're going off and they're making some big plays you already have a lead and you're like okay at least we, we built some protection for that moment yeah I agree I think it comes down to whose defense can actually be consistent yeah and they're they're both got their strengths and weaknesses I think it's really interesting for for Buckner and Houston on the indie side can mm-hmm. they elevate now can they can they bring that whole team out of it at the end of the day um, I think the Bills are just too much, and though I, I do like what Chris Ballard's building in Indy, I'm going to take Buffalo for the win. I'm going with you, too. I just think the Bills are too talented, and they're too much on a roll. I think the Bills could run into some serious problems uh, in, in the next couple of weeks because um, we've, we've seen what happens when a really good defense puts the clamps on them. Um, but uh, I'm interested to see how they how they continue to take this game. I think they'll confidently win this game, but uh, but you know there's still a lot of young pieces here. I want to see how they how they continue riding this momentum. We're gonna take one quick break. When we come back, we gotta keep going down the line of the AFC games. We got a rematch of the divisional round last year: Ravens Titans in a in a in a big game. The Ravens want some revenge because the Titans knocked them out last year when the Ravens were the one seed uh and uh kept them from winning any playoff games. Lamar Jackson's never won a playoff game. We'll talk about all those factors right after this, but first a word from betonline.net. 
NFL.ag. Are you ready for some football? Because the NFL playoffs are finally here. And with big games coming up, that means you got a chance to make big bets. And the only place that's got you covered and the only place that we trust is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N, LOCKED ON, for your 50% welcome bonus. With the NFL playoffs, you get all the bets that you can make. And the starting lines for the NFL wildcard round are crazy. We've got the Bills with a seven as seven point favorites over the Colts. The Ravens as three and a half point favorites over the Titans. The Saints as nine point favorites over the Bears. The Seahawks as three and a half point favorites over the Rams. The Buccaneers as seven point favorites over the Washington football team. And the Buccaneers as seven and a half point favorites over the Giants. And of course, your Pittsburgh Steelers are four point favorites over the Cleveland Browns. Go make your bet today on on betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get on in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On NFL podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and co host, Ryan Tracy. Ryan, this game, I'm sure the Ravens have marked on there you can't mark it on a calendar because you know you don't know if you're going to play somebody in the playoffs but they've wanted to get this opportunity to redeem themselves since they lost to the titans last year when mike Vrabel took derrick henry in and he was spinning earl thomas into being his own blocker and lamar jackson i think had like four turnovers it was a wild game that lost them that but now they have the opportunity to flip the script and i kind of like their chances ryan because i'm not too confident that the titans have anything going on defense that can slow down what the ravens do offensively yeah it's going to be really interesting from that aspect this is this is the game that i want to watch this is kind of like the old school i'm an old guy i want to see like <laughs> punch him in the face beat him up everybody else in the afc wants him to beat the snot out of each other they might as well and and i'm looking forward to seeing that i think you're right, and I think obviously with Henry hitting 2,000 and with the Ravens just kind of just in the last few weeks trying to figure out and I think finally figuring out that, hey, we used to be pretty good at running too. We should just go back to doing that. Like I really like the way that it's going. I think that the X factor is going to be A.J. Brown because as much as I like uh, Marquise coming out and Andrews is solid, I think A.J.'s really shown that he can break a game when you need him to. And if you're especially focused on Henry – I, I think that gives them the X factor overall. Yeah, I, I certainly, I certainly think that that could be, the, the Titans have that threat offensively to kind of bring a balanced attack against Baltimore and force them to make decisions. And then that will give either Derrick Henry the opportunity to break the game open or Ryan Tannehill with both Corey Davis and AJ Brown and, and, and even Johnny Smith, they have, they have threats that can, that can make this a shoot, a, a, you know, a shootout. And I would love to see a shootout an offensive, just barnstormer, just, you know, both teams scoring at will because neither can stop the run. And then that opens up big plays in the passing game. I like the, uh, the Titans offense as a, as a whole group more than the Ravens offense, even though Lamar Jackson is still the electric threat that he always is. But I still think the Ravens defense can do more than the Titans defense when it comes to creating turnovers and, and stop and getting some stops 
And that might, for me, that's where I give Baltimore the edge in this situation, simple because, you know, I've seen those guys, they go after the football. Even when you've caught it, they're trying mm-hmm. to strip you every single play. And they may not get Derrick Henry with that too often, um, but they will, that, but they can get an A.J. Brown. They can get a Corey Davis. They can, they can you know, they can force fumbles. And they, they can also get one off of Derrick Henry too. It's not saying that they can't, but I, I just, I see that as a, as a big factor in this game. Whereas the Titans, they don't create really any pressure. And their defense, they, they really haven't, you know, invested in the reinforcements to make them a serious threat to cause those turnovers. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they choose to go about that because you can't just try it out there in the playoffs and have your old tired pass rush try to show up. It's not going to turn itself on. I, I think there's some serious questions about some of the decision-making that's gone into building that pass rush. So how do you accomplish it then? Because Harold isn't enough. Um, do you just start blitzing constantly? I don't know that that plays into your favor against Lamar, so that seems like a risk to me. I think it is coming back to the old school, like try to maintain possession, try to do what you can do and keep it in your hands as often as you possibly can. Yeah, and again, I'm not saying that the Titans can't create turnovers. I mean, they created 23 this season. I just – I don't know if it's going to be enough against this Ravens offense because they're going to try and keep the ball on the ground. J.K. Dobbins is running the ball better. Lamar Jackson's starting to really feel himself again. Marquise Brown's being worked into it. Heck, they threw a couple touchdowns to Des Bryant recently. Like, they're <laughs> they're figuring things out. Last year, the problem with the Ravens offense was it was Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, and that was it. And you didn't have to worry. I mean, Mark Ingram, okay, sometimes, and Gus Edwards sometimes, but there was no primo threat that the defense had to point at and say, stop that man other than those two guys and the titans did that they took away mark andrews uh, and, and when he even got the ball to his hands he was dropping the passes because he was so flustered um i, I look at those plays and I, i'm not so sure that they can do that this year because jk dobbins can hurt you in the running game and in the passing game marquise brown starting to connect with lamar jackson so uh and I, i'm just i'm not so certain that's going to happen around his game but like you said derrick henry how does he play into it? Can the Ravens stop him? I think it's, I, like I said, I think this is going to be a shootout type of a game where both teams just keep putting up points. And then we're in the fourth quarter thinking, all right, who's going to blink first and, and, and have the huge turnover. I, I have two predictions. I'll tell you this. Marcus Peters will take the ball away this game. Okay. I'm very confident in that. And I think the other one, I don't think this could be 45 yards, but I think old Tannehill will run something into the end zone from maybe 20, 25 out when nobody's looking. <laughs> that could be that could definitely happen i mean we've seen and we've seen granite Tannehill with the wheels now he's he's, mm-hmm. he's made that happen so i i can i can see either or even both happen uh but i'm i'm going i'm going with the ravens i know that the titans won their division the ravens have had some troubles here and there but i think that they're playing better football right now than the titans carrying into this game I think it's a good one, but I'm I'm going to pick against you this one because I think at the end of the day, Henry and play action is enough to get it done. I will take the Titans. Very interesting indeed. Very interesting indeed. I'm I'm going to be excited because either way, this is um you know this this is this is going to be either whoever team whatever team comes out of this game, I'm guarantee you someone's going to come up. They're the dark horse. They're the dangerous team of the conference because everyone's going to look at you know what happens offensively in this game and think that you know that's the threat that that's going to be the big deal. But we'll certainly find out this weekend. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, it's the Steelers and the Browns. COVID situation all over again. We'll get all that data to you there and get you a look at what that game's going to be like all right here on the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ryan Tracy. We'll be right back after this. But first, a message from Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 
Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person and helps someone lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat during the day. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber, and they're great for a keto diet. Instead of, of when you're tired and hungry at work and you need a boost to get through the day, instead of going to the vending machine and getting those cupcakes, or those Pop-Tarts, or those potato chips, get something healthy like a Built Bar. It'll fill you up, taste great, and get you through the rest of your day with the energy that you need. And Built Bar comes in 18 amazing different flavors. Six of those new, flav new flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You can get all those flavors by going to their website right now at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On NFL podcast on the Thursday edition, it's Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers and Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs. Ryan... It's time to bring up my guys, the Steelers. <laughs> I was going to say, I should have brought this in and said, hey, it's Steeler time. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's a, the Steelers are playing the Browns for a second week in a row. And the Browns won 24 to 22 in the final week of the season. They, if they lose that game, they're out of the playoffs. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a big win for them. They got their, they bought, they went and bought their own t-shirts and hats that it wasn't ones that the NFL bought them. Um, <laughs> it was, which is, which is funny. I mean, but my thing was, I, I, I thought that the celebrations were fine because, you know, I've seen organizations like the pirates or the Cubs when they, when they first made the playoffs, it's like, Hey, that's a big deal. Um, but you know, I, I still feel like that there's, there's this sense that the Browns, I mean, like, the, it wasn't just that they celebrated. It was that they were celebrating at the expense of the Steelers. They were making jokes about Juju, and they were saying this. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you, you can be happy for yourself, but you talking to the Steelers like they didn't just bench Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Terrell Edmonds, Chris Boswell, and Marquise Pouncey, like, all in the same week. Like, like, like they didn't just <laughs> sit half their team against you and, then you, and then you won the game. And then also, even the starters were, were being pulled out, you know, throughout that game. So – I just I look at this game and I'm like, man, and now with the COVID situation, Ryan, I don't know how close you've had a chance to follow this, but now they're going to be missing their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, uh, Olivier Vernon towards Achilles tenant at the end of the last game. So now he's out. Miles Garrett has, has been struggling with COVID-19. He's needed breathing treatments to help deal with that. Um, the team should get back Denzel Ward, but they lost Joel Batonio, their uh, their Pro Bowl guard. So um, I, I look at this and I'm like, man, the Browns could find a rallying point here, but you barely beat the Steelers backups last week. And if the steel, if Ben Roethlisberger returns to where he was in the second half of the Colts game and where he played for 10 weeks of the regular season, I, I can really see the Steelers putting the screws to these guys. Yeah. I, I tell you what, this is prior to the last couple of days, I would have said, Hey, this is, this is great for a grudge because like you said, when you beat the backups and you, you inch in the playoffs, maybe that gives you a little bit of edge. Like, Oh, now we can actually do this. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's false. It doesn't really matter because right. at the end of the day, I think the loss of Batonio is the thing that is at the top of the list because the thing that you think you can rely on is being able to run the ball with Chubb 
and being able to get out on screens with Haunt, right? And no offense to anybody else on that line, but if, if Joel Petonio is not out there, Joel Petonio was drafted in 2014. He still has the third highest athletic matrix score of any left guard in the league to wow. this day. That's ridiculous. That's impressive. That's losing a big piece. That, and I will say this, um, I like Mike Pfeiffer. Uh, he was in Kansas City for a while when I first started covering the team. He's a solid coach. Can he step in and call the Stefanski offense or whoever he's going to let play call the plays? I think that's a bigger loss for Baker in particular in trying to adapt to life without Joel and without Stefanski there to actually run his offense. I, I find it very hard for them to get something done. And on top of that, last week, again, no T.J. Watt, who right now is – Ryan, would you say he's a front runner for defensive MVP? Um. Is there another runner? I'm not so sure. I mean, Aaron Donald. Is, <laughs> it's him. I Aaron mean, Donald is Aaron Donald. I think he has 13 and a half sacks, but TJ has 15, and he has the right? most tackles for loss and the most quarterback hits. And then I've heard some people say uh, Xavier Howard with the Dolphins because he had 10 interceptions. In Pittsburgh, it's all TJ Watt, and if he doesn't get it, it's a crime against humanity, and they might try to do what's happening in the Capitol building to Roger Goodell in the NFL headquarters. But um, <laughs> the, the like, you know, New York, yeah, right. Um, but. What I'm looking at with, with, with this, I'm also, I always try to, you know, just gauge where are other people at, you know, you cover the chiefs. Uh, we've mm -hmm. had our offensive MVP talks. I just wanted to make sure I, I, I wasn't saying nothing crazy here, but just saying TJ Watt, it should be the defensive MVP. I, I appreciate that you put that out there because Xavier Howard has had an exceptional year. Yes. And I think I saw probably the prettiest interception maybe in my life that he made against the team that I cover. Hmm. But that said, Outside of those plays, I don't feel like he affects the game the same way Watt does. Because like you said, it's not just about pressures and sacks. It's, it's tackles for his loss. It's, it's driving that defense, especially without Dupree. So I agree with you. I, I think it should be TJ. And so here's the crazy thing. TJ was out. Your all-pro defensive tackle, Cam Hayward, was out. And the, the Steelers still sacked Baker Mayfield four times. Now those guys are coming back and they're fresh. And you're missing Joel Batonio. I, mm -hmm. I just I really see this being a problem for the Browns unless they unless they're front row when they, they play really good from ahead if Nick Chubb could come out and put up some huge numbers and get the offense going and and, and Ben Roethlisberger comes out and stink absolutely the Browns got a shot but if they don't have that exact scenario going down I think they're in a lot of trouble well and that's I think the one scenario that can do it if Ben despite resting isn't able to come out firing and be accurate and deliver the ball where it needs to go. And that includes to a, a Chase Claypool that had, what was it, a foot issue last week? I don't know how he is physically, but that has to be hitting no matter yeah. what, or, yeah. or that slows the entire offense. Right. And it is a foot issue, but they said he was, they said in practice, he's been fine so far. Um, you know, which you're, which you're absolutely right. And I wrote about this on my website, dkpittsburghsports.com. I'm the pit pit beat writer and NFL analyst for them. And I was just looking at, this is the bottom line. If Ben Roethlisberger is going to come out, or the Steelers are going to win. They need Ben Roethlisberger. And if Ben Roethlisberger is going to do what he's supposed to do, he's got to hit more of the deep ball. And part of the deep ball is Chase Claypool. It's just undeniable at this point. And if you try to make it, if you try, if you try to goof around and try all the short slants all, all game long, you're going to end up getting yourself hurt. And they're, they're, the Browns are going to start jumping it. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to miss opportunities. But you've seen it. When Claypool's targeted deep, he makes plays. And that's what happened in this last game. You know, he, 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 he broke open the offense. And then, you know, and, and again, that was Mason Rudolph that was throwing the football. That wasn't even Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. And, um, and Ben showed against the Colts. His arm was fine the whole season. He, it, it was never about his arm or his knee. It was just he needed to actually 
make the decision to throw the ball down the field. If he's figured that out, if the, if the Steelers offense has figured that out, that that's the key, you could be looking at, I think, a really tough situation for the Browns to overcome. Yeah, it's, it's piling up to the point where it's nearly impossible. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, is there anything that you can do to get yourself an advantage? Is there some trick up your sleeve? And maybe it is the, the impetus of, of having new guys out front, of having your head coach. You know, Can you rally around that fact and everybody pull together? I think it's a long shot, but I won't rule it out. At the end of the day, I do think that the Steelers get the win. It's probably going to be narrower than we would normally expect, but I do think it is Pittsburgh moving on. I, I agree with you there. We so we so just for the recap, we've got the Bills, we've got our um, you've got the Titans, I've got the Ravens, and then we both have the Steelers moving on in these AFC playoffs. So by that standard, your Chiefs would then take on the Titans. Uh, well, you they would take on the Titans for you, the Ravens for me, and then we both have the Steelers meeting the Bills in the second round of the playoffs. I think that's kind of where I think most of America would be leaning to see. And I think that, that would, that bill, that Ravens Titans game is obviously where I think most people will be 50, 50 in deciding, you know, most people, if you ask it, they'd probably pick differently there than bills, bills, uh, Colts and, and Steelers Browns there. Yeah, I, I would agree to you. And I think that's honestly, that's the matchup people want to see. They want to see the best at, at a given aspect of the game, go up against one of the others and, and go head to head see who wins. Absolutely. We'll be we'll be here next week, probably talking about that in the next round of the playoffs. So check us out. But hey, we're done for today, but we still got tomorrow's episode. It's been a while since we have a Friday episode with all the holidays we've had to deal with. But your boy Q and Barack uh, and Brack, they're going to both be here tomorrow, giving you the Friday edition of the Locked on NFL podcast, the final preview, looking at the rest of the weekend. So check them out tomorrow. Check us out um you know with the locked on nfl podcast we're here monday through friday a lot of great stuff coming your way from chris and ryan we hope you have a happy thursday and a good weekend